0: Hi, thanks for joining us again today with Improv Interviews with Margot Escott. Around six years ago, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. And after I was recovered, a friend of mine said, Margot, I think you might like this thing called improv comedy. It might actually help your memory. Well, I went to a class, and the first day, the instructor there said to all of us, because we're interested in film and TV as well, he said, all of you have a face in here that some casting director somewhere is looking for. And I knew he meant me. (laughs) And that was my first introduction to Craig Price. Over the years, Craig has become a mentor, a teacher, a team player on improv teams, and a very, very close personal friend. And I am just so honored to have you here today. Hi, Craig. Hi, Margo.
1: How are you? I remember that day. Yeah, unfortunately, my memory didn't improve, but... <laughs> no, that's all right. I lie to all my classes the same same way. You're no different.
0: Well, Craig, you have such an interesting career in improv and theater, and um, I'd like to find out a little bit more about your beginnings. I, I think you started at Second City,
1: didn't you? I did, right out of college. Uh, I took one improv class in college while I was a theater major at Wittenberg in Springfield, Ohio, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, so... I went to Chicago, lived with a good friend of mine uh, in the city, and, and started taking classes at Second City and uh, Improv Olympic. And uh, that was about the time that Del Close was, uh, was there. And it was 89, 90, 91 in that time. So I was jumping back and forth between classes at Second City and at Improv Olympic.
0: For folks that aren't familiar with Dell Close, can you
1: tell us who was Dell Close and why he's mm-hmm. important to improv? Oh my gosh! Well, Dell Close uh, is uh, the master, the mentor to many uh, very famous people and, and excellent improvisers and everybody who's ever taken a class with Dell has a Dell Close story. Um, but um, you know, I, I remember being in these classes with this um, this guy who sat in the back of the theater then it was uh improv olympic and it was uh uh above that restaurant uh chow i think it was uh and um so he would sit in the back of the room and he'd have a cup of coffee in one hand and a cigarette in the other and it looked like he was asleep he'd be leaning back in his chair <laughs> and we'd all be up there and i was just tr- trying to impress the hell out of him whatever i do it and i remember him uh waking up out of a a deep sleep in the middle of one of our classes and saying, stop, stop. And he was able to repeat everything that happened on stage um, up until that point in the class. And, you know, we were experimenting with the Herald and he was teaching us um, the truth in comedy and between him and Sharna Halpern, they just both, they scared the the living daylights out of me. I, I couldn't. I was so young and, and new to improv, I, I couldn't figure out who these crazy geniuses were and how I can impress them. And realized much later after I stopped taking classes with Dell, that uh, if I spent less time trying to impress Dell and more time listening to him, that I probably would have gotten it. And that's a great note for improvisers in general. We have to listen. Mm-hmm. But
0: Del Close is almost considered a guru in fact, annually, there's a Del Close Marathon in New York City hosted by Upright Citizens Brigade. Absolutely. Fantastic. And they can go to it. It's usually in June or July in the summertime. So, Craig,
1: what made you really want to do improv? Or were you going for stand-up maybe first? I was definitely going for improv first. I had no desire in stand-up uh, at all. Um, it was uh, theater. Um, at In college, was really the first exposure I had to theater. And then I... I, uh, you know, improv was just one of the courses that we took um, at Wittenberg. And when I took a class that had uh, a very thin book, I think the book they gave us was was Keith Johnstone uh, at the time. And uh, there were no tests and I didn't have to study and there (laughs) there was no memorization. I thought, this is for me. I want this class. So, but I, I really loved the work. I loved the idea of it. I loved the spontaneity of it being in the moment. Um, and, uh, um, I, so I I took to it right away and thought, you know, this is definitely what I want to do. And once I got to Chicago and saw the second city and saw the pictures on the wall, I mean, I was hooked. I mean, it was the mystique and, and just the, how cool, um, everything was there. And I was like right in the heart of it and uh you know chris farley was on the main stage at that point actually when i first started at second city in their training center chris farley was in the training center um and it was shortly after that that he was put onto the main stage and then subsequently on to saturday night live along with tim meadows and so i watched those two guys on the main stage at second city uh and i thought all right this is this is going to happen for me Mm -hmm. um and after uh what was about a year's worth of training center classes, 10 levels at that point is what they had. Um, really small training center compared to what they have now. You were eligible to audition for the main stage. So after Tim Meadows and Chris Farley um, went on to Saturday Night Live, me and 300 of my best friends got to audition for those two spots. And uh, that was a, a horrifyingly scary process. But um You know, it was uh, it was a great honor to be able to do that, um, to be able to to get the free T-shirt, and uh, (laughs) you know, now I have so many wonderful stories. That I mean, I experienced all the same things that you hear Tina Fey and Amy Poehler uh, they write about it and they talk about it in their books. um, And uh, we all experienced the same thing at the same time. And the beauty is you've been able to share this
0: by teaching improv and starting several improv groups. Can you tell me a little bit
1: more about that? Yeah, our uh, um, our little improv team out of the um, training center, we had a little group that went up through the training center together, um, and I think we called ourselves Reaction Slacks at that point because we thought there's Action Slacks and Reaction Slacks, and my friend uh, Rob White was my roommate at that point. He really... Um, was a big inspiration for me. Wasn't uh, in classes, but one of the funniest guys I ever met. And so we always talked about reaction and action slacks. And so that was our first uh, uh, Herald team as well. We never made it onto the schedule at IO, but boy, we tried. And then um, I went to Boulder. I went to Denver, Colorado, And performed uh, with Comedy Sports there in Denver. Uh, I did 550 shows with Comedy Sports. I got married and divorced in the time that I was there. (laughs) uh, And after that uh, experience um, at uh, um, Comedy Sports, we formed a team called uh, Reaction Slacks up in Boulder. And we did a little show in the basement of a bar up in Boulder. And we do a mixture of improvised and scripted material similar to what we did at Second City. And uh, that got a little following in Boulder. That was a lot of fun. There was nobody else doing anything like it. Um, and we had a good time. We had our, uh, I remember uh, our friend Matt Taylor, um, English bloke. He liked to cook bacon backstage for no apparent reason. And it was just, the aroma of bacon wafting around the audience was like our calling card. We thought that was funny. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smelling
0: bacon now. Yeah, exactly. Like I can Re-
1: feel the fry of the bacon. It yeah. has nothing to do with reaction slacks. <laughs> and then, uh, after that, um, I, uh, after being, uh, divorced and, and in improv, um, for a number of years in Denver, I decided it was time to do stand-up, to go out on my own. I was uh, bitter and angry and drunk and divorced, and I went out on the road doing stand-up comedy.
0: Thing. And Isn't that pretty typical of most stand-up comedians?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody else <laughs> on the road was doing the same thing. All the other comics on the Red Roof Inn tour that we were doing, one-nighters, <laughs> out of Denver, Colorado, the triple Tour, all the way up to... Astoria, Oregon, and back, hitting all the Red Roof Inn hotspots, comedy, and karaoke featuring Craig Price um, from uh, Spearfish, South Dakota. Oh, man, me and Jeff Sargent, we lived high on the hog traveling on the road. But I was drunk, angry, bitter, and divorced, and there was a lot of other comics doing the same routine, drunk, angry, bitter, divorced material. So, yeah, I figured I had the same act as about 90% of the other guys. Well, you're not drunk today, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, that's been a, a, huge, um, a, a huge change in my life that uh, now, um, you are not drinking, and my sobriety has brought on a whole new energy in improv and sharing what I learned. And a lot of what I didn't learn back then uh, is coming back to me now. Um, and through teaching. it's It's been wonderful. The last 11, 12 years has just been a whole new experience in sharing improvisation with uh, the folks here in uh, Naples, Florida, and Bonita Springs, Florida. Well, what are some of the groups you started locally? I know you started a few groups here in Collier County. Yeah, we were uh, initially called Naples City Improv, and that was just made up of some folks at uh, the Sugden Theater. And we, we were just, um, you know, doing, I was teaching improv there and doing the youth theater program there and, and directing some shows and teaching classes there and, um, and performing in some shows and me and some buddies got together, um, and uh, we we started Naples City Improv, and um, then, uh, actually, it was my sister, now sister-in-law, was one of the first members of that group, and uh, um, Mike Santos, and Judith Gange, and those guys from, uh, from the Sugden, and then Jim Corsica, another uh, comedy sports guy out of um, Wisconsin. He came in and, and you know brought his Milwaukee uh, comedy sports action to us, and so we ran with that group for a couple of years, and then um, came up to Bonita Springs and got a job here at the Center for the Arts of Bonita Springs, where we are recording this in our beautiful facility that we have here now. But. When I first started here, we were in a, a little theater in the promenade with cockroaches. and. Oh, I remember it well. Yes. Very, very well. That's where I lied to you <laughs> and told you there was a casting agent. That was at the place. Theater. Yeah, <laughs> where the magic all happened. <laughs> and so when I started there, improv classes, the first thing I started with the Center for the Arts of Bonita Springs, and uh, we ended up forming right away a little group of us performing for free. We called ourselves Improv Anonymous. And uh, so, and and, we were, and we were very anonymous. (laughs) No one came to see our shows. (laughs) We had to go out in the streets and bring people in, beg them (laughs) to come in for free. Yeah, so that was a a lot of fun. And then a lot of classes, uh, we taught a lot of classes out of that little space. And here we are today in a beautiful. Black box theater that seats 200 people, gorgeously renovated, and, and then we got another 400-seat theater right next door where we do shows and concerts and plays as well.
0: Isn't that beautiful? And the group has transformed. I think I'm the oldest person. I mean, I am the oldest person. I know that chronologically. Yeah, we started the but group we, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and now the group has
1: transformed into a Benita City improv. Yeah, yep. you'll see how it goes, um, is what we were called for about two weeks. And then now we're Bonita City Improv.
0: So So it's fantastic. So, you know, I know, and you know me pretty well, I really suffer sometimes for very low self-esteem and am insecure, neurotic (laughs) and empty. And often uh, I'll... Be getting ready to do something, and I'll second guess, or I'll try to be funny, or then I'll do something, and immediately I get a negative critic in my head saying, You know, you totally suck. Uh, I wondering if that happens to other people as well, Craig.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's got to. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, um, uh, I've gotten even more critical of myself as I've gotten older. I was, um, early on really daring and, and uh, took a lot of risks and, and I was very haphazard in my, my improv. And oftentimes my entrances into scenes kind of showed that, that I wasn't really listening off stage and I, I wasn't, um, uh, making smart choices. But I think as I've gotten older, um, you know, I have started listening more, but I still I have that big critic in the back of my head that's constantly second guessing my choices out there on stage. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I find, too, even though I've been doing this for so long that um, and I got to train with some of the, the greatest people in Chicago, that I'll get in a group of other Um, like really intense, serious improvisers, like people who do it for a living, and I'll get extremely intimidated. When we go up to Sarasota and we meet all those guys from uh, available cup holders and uh, FST and and Stacked and and Boston Boston Improv. Improv and all these amazing improvisers doing it for a living, and I get in that group of people, even though I've trained with the same people and I'm a lot older than they are too, I have... I get so intimidated, and I start second-guessing myself. That's really good to hear (laughs) and very validating.
0: I think for me, some of the things I've gotten out of improv, uh, not always the best self-esteem, but risk-taking and basically having more confidence in myself.
1: Yeah, I I find that I get more confident in teaching improv because I can see it creating confidence in the in the people in the class that the students that I teach both kids and adults I can see their like confidence level raise and self-esteem and they're getting a lot of satisfaction out of building these scenes together on stage from nothing and that raises my self-esteem that I go oh gosh this is great it really does work
0: well I think you're a great instructor probably the best in the world although I'm not really biased I don't <laughs> yeah.
1: Think. yeah I don't know if you have a lot to to, to judge that on, but you do. But You've taken a lot of other classes.
0: I think that being an improviser and being in a group where you're playing together is really about really loving and being intimate with your teammates because we're constantly listening and looking and playing
1: off of each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a conversation. It really is like having a conversation like you and I are now. Um, and you know, the first job I ever got a first real job uh, in Chicago. I was doing Second City and, and taking classes there. And I uh, interviewed for a sales position um, selling advertising for a magazine called Windy City Sports in Chicago. I was not athletic um, at the time, um, and I was probably the only smoker <laughs> the on time. staff. At the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I have not gotten any more athletic <laughs> over the years either. But I have had, uh, in my interview, he asked me what improv was. And I said, well, it's, uh, we take suggestions from the audience and we build scenes uh, based on those suggestions. And uh, he said, that's sales. That's exactly what we do in sales. And I thought, well, that's it. You know, I mean, it really is all this stuff that we do. And improv really applies to life in so many different ways. Well, I know you spread out beyond
0: the stage to corporate settings, healthcare settings, schools, anti-bullying programs, taking things out into the community that really helps the community.
1: Yeah, I I, I get much, I get so much satisfaction from that, from taking improv out into um, real life settings and sharing it with other people that may not be looking to do it to perform, uh, but giving them techniques that they, uh, through improvisation, that they can use in their real life. Um, And uh, I get so much satisfaction out of that, watching, uh, you know, the light go on in people's eyes and say, oh, wow, this stuff really works.
0: Well, we talk about getting gifts in improv, that the line or the movement or the object work that a partner gives us is a gift. And You've given me the gift of improvisation, comedy in my life, and I'm ever,
1: ever so grateful to you, Craig. Oh, well, thank you, Margot. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You're uh, great to work with, Margot, and you are so dedicated to the craft of improv and you're constantly learning new things about it that's what really impresses me about you you're always out there finding uh more information about this wonderful art form so thank you so much for uh, inviting me on uh your podcast here i appreciate it and if anybody wants to know more about
0: craig price they can go to improvplays.com That's improvplays.com, and you'll learn much more about Craig Price. Thank you for listening today. Bye-bye.